I love that ad. I love that ad. I love that ad. Hello and welcome to another episode of I Love That Ad. Uh, my name is Aaron Chuck, your host for this week, and I'm joined by um, the uh, lovely Shane Brennan. I'll try not to be beautiful because I keep getting uh, getting uh, getting uh, emails from HR that I have to stop doing that. Uh, and HR, considering himself, so. you are <laughs> considering you are HR, it's Due to uh, diligence, Shane. It has to have your T's crossed and your eyes yeah, dotted. Just in case I ever bring you to court, because I have a lot of evidence. Yeah, I'll be I'll be defending and representing myself uh, and being accused. All, what all strike are you on now? Uh, I'll have to take out the file. That's a big file. Uh, then yeah, fair enough. And GDPR, I suppose we shouldn't talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's for another. That's that's for. So like are you talking about podcast. it as HR talking about a employee, or are you talking about it as the person being? See, this is where we get. You know what I mean? You're in trouble either way. It's too confusing, and people are wondering what are they? <laughs> uh, this week's episode is all about experiential campaigns, um, and when we. When you say the word experiential, Shane, I don't know if your head goes into this mode, but uh, I automatically go, what's experiential? Because it has so many different meanings to so many different people. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you say that, considering you were a director of experiential in our head of experiential. I don't know what title you ended up having. Um, uh, whatever in, in title a, you're having for yourself, every, every week it changes. In, like in a, a previous life. So <laughs> if you ask what is experiential, uh, I think then it's safe to say, everyone asks what is experiential <laughs> and it's not even experiential is a funny one you know what it is when you see it mm. but at the same time if someone said define it you're kind of like oh and it's it's probably the definition is creating an experience but technically isn't kind of every interaction with your brand potentially an experience yeah so you know what i mean it could be a bad experience good experience but i, I think it's the type of for me it's something that go, goes beyond traditional to create a new type of experience memorable type like we talked about the sprite ad before in the summers yeah, summer ads that's experience example. you know what i mean you know that's experiential and and that that campaign actually that you mentioned the, the sprite one that i think that falls into tr the traditional definition of an outdoor build yeah someone in in the real world interacts with a brand setup in mm -hmm. so it could be a special build or a kind of a a kind of a, a setup uh, that the people interact with and a brand uh, runs the experience and that's experiential campaign and that that would be the one that most people if the gun was put up to your head would be would be the answer but it's gone it, it's it's really proliferated so much over the last number of years that it can it can be across any media you can have an experiential campaign uh, which I think is, is what really muddies, muddies the waters in terms of what what it can be yeah, I, I agree. I think it's the type of thing that, look, it, where experiential kind of falls in is you have an idea. It's a cool idea a brand can do, and you need to give it a, it has to fall under an umbrella of something. So it's experiential, even if there is TV involved or online involved, or it's, it's like, yeah, but it's not really those things. Mm -hmm. And that's very important for, for billing as to where it sits. So experiential <laughs> can sit. With your media agency, it can sit with your creative, it can sit with your social agency. Yeah. So the fact that it is something different, really, all it is is an execution of an a brand expression, an idea. You know what I mean? That's slightly different. Um, and I think it has has a bit of a two way with 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 customers more so than 
just push linear advertising yeah. like your your TV and, and your radio, for example. It has that customers can interact and kind of run a bit of the experience and, and, and kind of immerse themselves in it in some shape or form. So how I would describe it is normal advertising is a person's nine to five job, right? That's how you do. You're getting across. You're like, oh, yeah, great. We're there. Everyone sees you on TV. You're in the late, late show. You're on your radio ads. You know, you're doing all that. You're press ads. I'm loving where this now. Digital display. Experiential is that once every couple of months, a mate comes in from England and you go out, out. Right? That's, that's, <laughs> we that's just got an insight into your Because it's, it's not who the brand is. It's not who you are every day. The brand, it, it wouldn't be experiential if that's all you ever did. Mm-hmm. The only way you can make it in a splash and make it an experience is for it to be like, oh, fuck it, I'm out, out. So and that's... <laughs> that's the going out, out. That's, that's great. And that's if, what we if, call it. If the brands were going out, out all the time, that's, that's, a, that's a tough yeah, brand to Yeah, but that's a problem with. then. So then the people, like, <laughs> you'd be like, you'd be like a mate going to you. It's like, mate, I think, I think you're going out a bit too much. You know what I mean? You have, like, a I family at home. Your, you have stakeholders. <laughs> you want your can, I know, but... But relax, get your nine to five in order yeah. as well. Like, I think you know, you're going to burn out, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a, a lovely weird analogy for, for uh, experiential versus traditional. Yeah. Um, I think then to, to top it all off, you have, it, it's described in many ways. It's described as brand experience, brand mm-hmm. activations, and there's a long tail list. Uh, we'd love to hear some of uh, the funnier ones that anyone has come across over the years. Um, definitely drop us a comment on those. Uh, but they are the, as you said, the out, out, the, the more exciting campaigns, the, the less, the yeah. less routine bit of crack. What, where, where is it going to go type of campaigns that uh, they, these are the kind of ones that are the darlings of, of your can a lot. Uh, yeah, the ones that when we describe to people who don't know about our industry, who are our friends, which we don't have any many anymore, is, oh, oh God. what do you work in? Well, I'm not going to tell them about that. That's kind of, that's going to be boring. They won't know that. It's like, do you know what we did? I don't have a, five hours to explain what a TVR is. I put, I, and the <laughs> funny thing about explaining about when you work on experiential things, it confuses them even more as to what you do. So I remember we did a, back in the day, we did a puppy cafe for a food, uh, for a dog food brand. Uh, I think it was with Lovin when we were in MediaWorks and, uh, that was a cool one. That was fun. It was dogs. It was food. It was coffee. It was mm. whatever. It was croissants. It was a great morning. Uh, so like, that's a fun one when your friend goes, oh, what do you do? And you're kind of like, I organize puppy cafe mornings. <laughs> and it's like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> that's like, that's what I do. And you're, shouldn't you volunteer to do it? It's like, no, yeah. So it's, you get to use this kind of, like you're only as good as the last game. So it's like, no, this is the cool thing I do. Not the boring Excel stuff. Exactly. Yeah, because let's be honest, most of our job is Excel and PowerPoint. Um, from a, from yeah, yeah, not as much anymore. <laughs> uh, but uh, I suppose the best way to explain uh, this as well and uh, is to give some lovely examples. So let's uh, let's delve right into it, Shane. Perfect. Um, so we're going to kick off with your one. Uh, let us uh, give us a quick summary of what it is and we'll, we'll have a quick look at the case. Today. Yeah, I'll give you a quick summary. So mine is an experiential campaign that kind of had a few different ways of activating the experience if you know what i mean so you'll see there's a case study video it's from 2013 um it's a chocolate bar and what we'll do is we'll have a watch of it and then we'll kind of discuss how this is experiential and why it falls into that space and what is interesting about what they actually 
try to achieve here. Okay, yeah. so whenever you're ready. Love it. Marabou, one of Denmark's most popular chocolate brands, is famous for putting a smile on people's faces every day. But recession, increased prices, and new sugar taxes were giving Marabou a hard time, and sales had dropped dramatically. It was time to do something extraordinary. Something like, um... We'd realized two things. One, people often use chocolate as a way of communicating with each other. And two, consumers are always looking for an excuse to justify buying chocolate. These insights gave us a radical idea. We decided to change the name from Marabou Milk Chocolate to We'll Laugh About It in 10 Years Time Chocolate and Let's Do the Dishes Later Chocolate as well as Better Late Than Never Chocolate. In fact, we gave Marabou hundreds of new names and filled the stores with chocolates named for all occasions. And then we invited the Danes to play along. First, we engaged the media and bloggers in our new game. Then we used social media to involve our consumers. Soon the internet was exploding with all kinds of excuses and occasions. Finding personal names for Marabou had become a new national sport. We used all the names to build a national campaign. Our sweet excuses and never heard of occasions were everywhere. We used every thinkable opportunity to give the Danes a smile on their faces. And of course we gave consumers the possibility to go to the stores and make their own personalized chocolates. Never had it been this engaging and fun to buy and share chocolate. And the results? We officially registered more than 6,000 new names for Marabou. More than 20,000 new stories were posted on blogs and social media. In a tiny country with just 5 million inhabitants, we generated more than 2,300,000 earned media impressions. And finally, Marabou tablets had an impressive 24% increase in sales. But most importantly, we gave Danes thousands of new reasons to smile. Yeah, so there you have it. That is uh, Marabou Milk Chocolate. The chocolate bar with 6,000 excuses is the, is the name of the, the campaign, which is quite a nice name. So this was done in 2013 by Ogilvy Denmark, uh, who's who executed this. So I think for me, like this is a perfect example of, as I said, this brand went out out. So like they were like, okay, yeah, normally people buy our 95. They probably have really nice kind of wholesome ads about milk pouring in and making the chocolate and why it's so delicious and that's their nine to five and then they were like fuck it let's change the name of the bar for like a month <laughs> I'd, I'd love to be in the boardroom and like that's, let's do it yeah that's, <laughs> that's, whatever name you want on it yeah who cares it's, it's not like chocolate but like it, it really does like it shows how experiential as you pointed out it doesn't have to be like an outdoor special build like this was mm. mainly generated out of light at its store you know what i mean um and then they did essentially what you would like all the elements of this are really simple mm. so and then like uh, the, the thing i remember and i remember in 2013 and when they literally printed a bar that was the opening of the bridge excuse and then they went waited for the bridge to open and then they gave chocolate to everyone around the bridges open which is in the video for me, that was like, 
oh, okay, you can kind of fucking do anything when you mess with this stuff. And I was like, and I loved that. Like, it was great because if you were standing there and we lived right beside a bridge that used to open down oh, yeah. in um, Rings End. by the point in Rings End. And if you were just there and you were like, fuck, I'm screwed. The bridge is open. I'm going to be late. Someone went, there's a full chocolate bar. You'd be like, this is amazing. This is the best chocolate I've ever had. <laughs> so it I'm diabetic. Like, it doesn't matter. Give doesn't me more matter. chocolate. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, and I know that's probably one example of, I think they did that in a few, they, a few reasons to, to do that type of thing. Yeah. Um, but, and the fact that they got people engaged online to come up with your own excuses. Everyone loves a fucking excuse. It's, um, it's the in-store one. That, that, that's the one that gets me. I just love that you can actually make it right then and there yeah. at the point of purchase and, and put your own excuse on it right away. But what I love is that they did it in stages. So they did the in-store make your own secondary because mm-hmm. originally what they did was they just released, they made all their own. So, you know, like when Coke would do this with your name and you could yeah. go in and search for your name and it normally would not be there. Um, so you could go into store and you could be like, oh, fucking night on the couch chocolate. And you bring it home and you're like, look yeah. what they got you. And, and it's, you're communicating with chocolate, as they rightly said, as an insight. But then the benefit is, so they got people aware of that. And then people were going into store to find what they want. They couldn't. And then they were like, print your own. So they gave they gave steps to it. And I just thought that was perfect because not only did they come up with an experience of people having joy and allowing chocolate to let them communicate or do whatever they want or feel a certain way is then they were like, now you can create your own experience with our chocolate. It's not just us saying these are the rules or the parameters for the experience, you know? Yeah. And it, it, they're bringing the consumer along the journey with yeah. them. It's, it's edu- educate them. This is, this is the campaign. And yeah. then people's kind of juices get flown. The creative juices get flown a bit as well. So they're like, Oh, in your daily life, if you're like, oh, this will be a good excuse for it. And that's what they did, the online interaction. Yeah, but yeah, then yeah. to fulfill it, actually, to be able to make one, it's just like, great. I would love to know if their original plan was to make the stickers or they got such engagement online, they were like, is there not a way we could actually make all these happen? This almost. Yeah, like I really hope they hadn't planned it um, to actually do the stickers. I really hope it was reactive. I hope the thing was so successful. And they got such engagement, they went, how? And they literally were like, this is where we're going to do this. And they just to, brought it on. I have to say, watching, watching the case study towards the end, when they're like, oh, this amount of interaction, this amount of names. I'm like, these are these are very soft metrics here. And it's like, oh, so it's just a nice campaign. And then, bam, 24 increase, 24% increase in sales. I was yeah. delighted with that figure because, right, this actually worked. Uh, yeah. You know, obviously, that's, that's just one figure. You need to delve into that a bit more, but... That's a serious jump. I'm pretty uh, sure this one, uh, one cans. It, it's a very can type of And especially thing. in 2013, it would have yeah. been very canny. Very. Um, but the other thing as well, I love the way they don't say, they said it's recession, increasing prices and sugar taxes. It's not. Well, people are getting aware they need to be fitter and not <laughs> eat chocolate. Chocolate's not the enemy. No, the no, no, no. Their sugar taxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the price. It's like, I don't, I don't think, you know what I mean? I don't think that's what it was. Mm. And they're obviously the year after 2013, everyone was starting to come really out of recession as well. So chocolate mm. would have, so this, I don't know. I love those metrics are always great when they go your way, when you're looking at inventory. <laughs> but there's sometimes there is extenuating circumstances that do allow them to go more your way than maybe giving people chocolate at a bridge. But I 100% stand over the fact that I think one, this is a really cool experience. I think 
it was really great to see them activated in so many different ways. Mm. Um, and it just, it just reminds me that like when you're in that boardroom, not everything has to be really complicated. It can be really simple things done really well. You know what I mean? Um, and done for the right reason with the right insight. That's all insight though. Like yeah. that whole thing is insight. For sure. And, uh, yeah. and really, really, really well leveraged insights. In, yeah, in definitely. That's a, that's a really good example of a campaign. And, and I suppose it does, that touches the, a good few of the elements, which is lovely that it's traditional. It can mm. interact with traditional, but also it is boots on the ground in street. It can be in store. It can be online. So yeah, it's, that, that was a great, great example. So fair play. Yeah, cheers. Um, cool. Great. So well done, Ogilvy Denmark in 2013. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go for your one? Yeah, so uh, the one that I've chosen is, I think, definitely more along the lines of, of new age type of brand experiential. And the reason I picked this is it is definitely not in the traditional category of what you would put experiential in. And, and that's why I purposely okay. wanted to put this in to show how it doesn't have to be an out of home based experience in some shape or form. Mm -hmm. uh, but it does have have kind of deep interaction and experience with consumers. So the one that I've chosen today is the Stevenage Challenge uh, by Burger King. So let's have a quick look at the case study and then we'll then we'll jump into it. Confused? Let me take you back a few steps. You haven't heard of Stevenage Football Club, right? Well, neither had we. But we realized that even though they're at the bottom of England's fourth division, they were going to appear in the same video game that all the expensive players were going to be in. And that's when, almost two years ago, we decided to sponsor Stevenage. Because if we put our logo on their real shirt, we would definitely have our logo in the game. Introducing the Stevenage Challenge. Gamers across the world immediately started choosing Stevenage, signing the best players to our team and playing with them. For every goal they shared on Twitter, we gave them rewards. The news took the gaming community by storm. Of the best kids in the game, the Stevenage, they had Burger King as their sponsor. Oh, Lawrence. Oh, my God, football food. What could possibly be better? Il est trop beau, les gars, just like that, our small team in real life turned into the biggest team online. So, gamers chose the best players in the world to play for Stevenage. It's not every night this comes on. Sports. It's in the flame. So that is uh, uh, the Stevenage challenge. That is one of those campaigns that upsets me how good it is. <laughs> so uh, I'm pretty I'm soon like, into watching that. Yeah. I, I realized that you hadn't you hadn't seen this at all. No, and I got more joy watching your face as it as the video went on. When they said confused, you literally had a confused face. Yeah, I was like, that's messy. That's the, <laughs> that's Neymar. <laughs> And I was like, why is he still? Oh, like, that's so good on so many levels. It just, 
upsets me so much. How so good that's it the is. end of this week's episode. <laughs> like I fucking love that. Like yeah. that is genius. Like Stevenage bottom, like cheap as hell, cheap as chips huh? to uh, to sponsor. And Get out. Then they Get make out. it. But I love that they did it two years beforehand. I love that. I love that thinking. And I the love the Burger King. I love the, the Burger one. King is doing something nothing to do with McDonald's. Can I just say that? Because like that, I really actually enjoy that they did something because they fucking have so much creative chops to troll McDonald's, but it's great when they just went off and did something fucking great themselves. Yeah. <laughs> like that's genius. I love, I love it. I love it. Who made it? That was uh, that was by uh, David Miami and David Madrid. Uh, so David Madrid and Burger King are are uh, well well famous and well long long term uh, bedfellows. Mm-hmm. Um, so to see Madrid in there as well was interesting. Um, and always led by uh, Fernando Machado, the Burger King CMO, who's uh, who really champions this type of work um, across mm. both the trolling campaigns and and these kind of campaigns and. Uh, yeah, Burger King get a lot of flack uh, in the creative community that they're obviously just going for going for the the candy, which is can awards and and, and all that kind of kind of fluff. And you know, there's there's uh, my own opinion. I think there's 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 warrant to some of that. Yeah. But then you see campaigns like this, and that's just really well done. That's well thought out. Mm. They're definitely going after gamers as as a segment there, and that's a just a perfect perfect execution of, of doing that. But like, it's like when we talk about some of the cool search campaigns, they hacked it. They hacked FIFA. Yeah, yeah, exactly. FIFA That's didn't exactly know. So once they confirmed, they probably didn't pull the trigger until they knew their logo was on the shirt and they saw the image. Like, okay, let's pull this fucking shirt. Sure, sure, even then, like, Barty. The Stephen H sponsorship is probably tiny. It would have been like, ah, sure, it's grand. Give them a bit of cash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't like... matter. Oh, do you know, though, I, do... <laughs> I was only thinking, just coming to the end of it, I was like, what? When I, when I see something like that that I really, really like, I'm like, oh, I wonder what's wrong with this campaign. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, well, what's what's the moment? where Because there's someone who created it. There's something they don't like about, right? And then I was like, oh, I wonder what it is. I feel so bad for the real Steve and his team. Why? Because that was those guys' opportunity. Because I, I know some people who would have played at, like, young level at different clubs, and they used to be, always play as themselves when they would play their FIFA. But, right. like, so no one played as them. Everyone replaced every member of that team with better footballers, <laughs> so they never got their, their like. Look, well, I'm, I'm on, I'm on the video games. Like, no, yeah, no, Ronaldo they, they plays. Could, they could have picked themselves. It's <laughs> I know, but it's still just like it's such a cool thing for especially a young athlete, even in like Division Four, like fourth in Division Four. It's like, well, at least I'm on FIFA, and yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, Burger King took that away from you. <laughs> no, they didn't because they're still in the roster and everything, and they probably got. Maybe they got traded to Real Madrid and virtually they had a great, great career. Yeah, um, exactly. But it's I, it's just for a minute. I was like, oh, if I was like the best player in Stevenage, I'd be like, fuck. Because <laughs> I guarantee you there's a load of social hate. for Because so, you know when you go in career mode yeah. and you're like, you, you have your best player on that team. So there's probably like, oh, thank God for this player. Because you have to build up the cash to trade for Ronaldo and get up to the top tier. So there's definitely like a shit player who's got like 32 out of 100 and everyone's like this fucking goalie and it's the real goalie. <laughs> and, and because they're doing the Steven challenge, everyone's going through the same thing. So, so a, a lot of it's just funny. It's just player. an offshoot of, uh, of the poor experience for the Stevenish players. 
but still it's amazing it's absolutely it amazing i love that i adore the, that the actual jerseys sold out for the first time in their history yeah. i think that that's pretty and cool. i love the way they made the jerseys stripes candy stripers what do you mean like a burger king uniform is that another thing i'd say that's just the actual steven's jersey no i th- i thought it looked like a hold on Stevenage jersey the uh, the the thing about this campaign as well is you could we could talk about this campaign on so many different types of podcast topic like this could be sponsorship this could be uh, esports you know this could be uh, as it is ex- experiential there there's 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 so many different ways that this hits like social mm. uh, like this is a I just think it's it's, it's a campaign that you can't really put it in a box um, and it can fit into the experiential box as much as it can fit into other campaigns. And that's what some of the great ones are. You can't really define exactly what they are. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's just so good. I hate how, how good it is. Like it's, it's, it reminds me a little bit. And like, this was 2019, 2020. Mm -hmm. So like, and then you have Ryan Reynolds and, um, mac from it's always something getting wrexham as well last year yeah and it just reminds me of like these clubs have such huge histories and there is such following for them and then obviously just premier league football in england in general that there is just these massive opportunities for someone to do something kind of clever with a because like no matter how shit the team is it could still be have been around for 250 years (laughs) but there is heritage in these teams um and I think everything I've seen uh, was a maximum effort to do with Ryan Reynolds and Mac. What? Rob McKeldry. McKeldry? No. What's Max Reynolds? McElhenney. McElhenney. Um, he's been hilarious. Absolutely abusing them in Welsh and stuff like that. Like, it's been, it's been really good. I'm really excited to see what they do. It. But it's, I just it's love It's funny to see that when stuff. you have, like, uh, oligarchs and billionaires buying yeah. Premier League clubs and they becoming their playthings. Now... The inverse is happening where it's the playthings are happening for the lower end division teams where, oh, sure, I'll buy that. It's, it's, it's cheap as chips let's, uh, and have a bit of crack at it. It's far more authentic. Do you know what I mean? It's like I, I always remember when, you know, with Manchester United, with the Glaciers and all that bullshit. What's the, is it Salford? Salford United is owned by David Beckham, Ryan Giggs, Nicky Butt. It's another Manchester area club. And Nicky Butt, like the seven lads bought a club at a lower level. The and they run it or something like yeah that. they run it they have their own club i think salford united and like so what ha- started happening for a while is an awful lot of authentic united fans authentic wouldn't wear the real jersey and would wear a selfish jersey to the, yeah 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 it's like for a while when they'd wear the original green and yellow colors right and wouldn't wear the red colors because it's against the corporatization of of their club so it's i just love when a brand will get on board. Like they didn't do anything bad to Stevenage. They supported Stevenage football. They made Stevenage a more famous place, which is great. Great for Stevenage as well. And I like the Wrexham with um, Ryan Reynolds and that, like, cause they're so just like Burger King, actually, they're so socially accountable. If they fuck up Wrexham, they are going to be slated after what yeah. they, you know what I mean? If they try to do shit, that corporate sponsors do like put the club into massive debt, and like so do all this so everything they're going everything these big 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 brands do for these really small clubs or is going to just help them it's not going to do anything bad which i like you know what i mean yeah um do i you, just re- think that's do cool. you reckon like the 
the second last team is, is raging they didn't lose yeah. one or two more games it's like oh god lads <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we're not definitely. even shit enough to get that but we're, we're we can't even we're in relegation zone but there's nowhere to be relegated to <laughs> I wonder where Stevenage is in the league now the all that jersey sale money like did that. they fire everyone in <laughs> I think, well they were only a sponsor so like they're, they're probably um, no but everyone bought the jerseys so they would have got yeah, like more cash um, hold on. Uh, I want to see. Gone into liquidation. <laughs> They're in League Two now. Oh no, competes in League Two, which is the fourth tier. Yeah, because it goes Premier League, Championship, League One, League Two. Um, how are they getting on? Hold on. Or how did they get on the last season? So mm-hmm. just while you're looking up that, this this campaign won won three Grand Prix in the can that just uh, just took place there a few weeks ago. So it did. Uh, it did clean up, and I suppose deservedly so. Oh, it's it's brilliant. It's it's absolutely brilliant. Um, right. Any any update there, Shane? Before we wrap, hold on, I'm trying to find it. It's, it's not easy to find the fucking results of the fourth that, that's division. Not a good sign. That is not a good sign. <laughs> I just want to know where you finished, Stevenage. I just want to know where you finished. Twenty third out of twenty four. <laughs> right. So uh, they'll need to sell a few more jerseys then to to up. Mackles v. Macclesfield Town was hoping to get sponsored this year, I think. <laughs> they got relegated, <laughs> they're and they're throwing, now gone down to the National League. Throwing um, yeah, no, so sorry. Fucking great entry. That's really, I'm actually, especially because I haven't seen it, I'm yeah. really, I, I'm delighted to see that. Brilliant. Okay, well, uh, then before we go, we'll have our uh, need to know for this week, yeah. and brought to you by Shane. Hit us up, Shane. So I'm kind of in the, I kind of have two, kind of, but they're, I don't know if they're need to know. So, you know Cyberpunk 2077? Yes. So that fucking shit show of a, of, a, of a game that just showed how advertising can ruin an expectation of a game and then the advertising expectation make you push a game out too fast and it not be ready and then everyone backlash and hate you. So for a lot of the people who don't know, they the uh, the game was retrofitted for PS4s and it was just way too glitchy to play yeah. and then Sony had to pull it after a week. Um, so on PS5 apparently it's great, but yeah. uh, on PS4 it's it's unplayable. And most people had PS4s, specifically with the the limited amount of PS5s that existed around Christmas time when it was coming. So yeah. the, hence why they retrospectively did it. Huge advertising campaign around this. I remember the image of Ke- Keanu Reeves from this from Massive. three years three years ago. Like people have been hyped about this game for so long, and then they did that and they fucked it up. So now these people are giving out because they've started a new campaign talking about a new update. And traditionally, a new update would mean, especially in a free roaming world, it would be like uh, something new, new levels or new, you know what I mean? New missions. New part of the map or something. Or... Yeah. And everyone's like, it's just seeing this really heavy campaign. And, every, uh, uh, and it says like available now, biggest update ever. And all it is is actually bug f- fixes. Right. Okay, and everyone's so... backlash being like, why are you saying there's an up like, they're doing it again. That's something they're, you should just slow, uh, quietly just uh, slip under the radar. Make the game perfect, and then you get... But obviously, it's pressure from the amount of money that was invested in the actual game. Yeah. Um. So that's a need to know. Don't fucking do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, so if you're you know out I mean? there and you're creating a worldwide open yeah. world game with massive anticipation, just hold off to all But as in, like, it's just take that moment to think. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just take, it's always good need to know. It's just if you're doing communications and you're, you've already got kicked once over something really bad, always think of your next step. Don't do it again. 
a bit more market orientation about yourself. Just, and just listen to the customers a bit. Then the other thing, which mightn't be new news to uh, a lot of social media people out there, but it's just something I'm noticing and something I've been talking to a few people about, is on Facebook Ad Manager, is that Facebook is really pushing now crop by recommendation which is where you have one piece of creative. So say for argument's sake, you've, you've, you've made a, uh, a square or, or four to five. And Facebook is now like, okay, crop by recommendation. And it will recommend to you across three options, it being a, a vertical, so like stories. So your nine by 16, which can run a square as well. Your standard news feed, say across the gram or whatever, a square works best. And then... I think it's in article, which is um, an in video stream, which is the 1.191 to one, which is more, more landscape looking. So what Facebook is, is doing now is kind of saying like, Oh, we recommend you, you crop it to this image. So, which is fair, but the problem is a lot of creative is designed. So say if you've only had budget to one suite of creative and you're now like, fuck, is my stuff going to underperform? because I'm not going at what Facebook is recommending me to do. So therefore that means their algorithm wants you to do it this way is uh, potentially to start talking to your, whoever's designing your creative about creating a kind of social safe space in, in your squares. So it, it means that if you crop it, you will still see the essential image. You know what I mean? You won't be cutting someone's head off. You won't be losing words. You won't be losing the brand logo. Um, and it's just so it kind of fits across all three of them in some iteration, because then you can always go with what Facebook recommends, which will mean better results. So it's just something to think about. It's something to, to if you like, it's something I'm getting into now thinking about and actually drawing out the, what the template would be and how that kind of affects, like what type of space we're dealing with. Um, and just thinking creatively around how to do that, but on a budget. So I'm not creating, you're not trying to, because like if you had three suites of creative, then that is additional time for the person to set up more ad campaigns. It'll affect the algorithm, not being able to swap between what's working best and you'll just be running squares or verticals and it's not the best way to run it. So to come up with a creative that could potentially fit all, all of them um, on a budget have and have its way with the cropping and have its way. This is the message and this is the best way for it to look to fit all these. It's just something to think about. And yeah. if it's, you know what I mean? It's it's just uh, I think it's 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 where stuff is going until, like, because you could always say have more creative, but then people just don't have budget. Yeah, for more creative for 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 everyone, and, and it's, it's not everyone. Like, ideally, well. you want all the budget and you want all the really nice creative, but sometimes you're like, I only have money for say X amount, or if I only have time, we don't have time to get this out. It's like, well, maybe start to think about a safe space that covers all eventualities potentially it, if it works and that can pull all the way back through to to even pre-production before you shoot uh, whether it's stills or video oh, in terms yeah. of how you, how you how you frame everything and, and set yeah. it up i think uh, shane maybe we might start recalling this segment uh, instead of the need to know it's what have facebook done now uh, so, <laughs> so how have facebook <laughs> fucked my life no <laughs> it's like do you ever see the social media manager memes yeah, online. Yeah. They're, That's they're a great account on Instagram for anyone who who lives in Ad Manager. Uh, it's yeah, a, it's it's a great new account, and it's more uh, for people who do more. I I think Ad Manager stuff is a, is a certain amount of social, but it's more the advertising side. But the people who do like the communication and PR, they really know. Yeah, they yeah, really the know. People who are the community community phones. managers, they really yeah. know the pain. God, God bless them. Yeah. <laughs> 
Brilliant. Well, that's a, that's a nice way to, to end this week's episode. Uh, if you were listening and you want to see any of the ads, uh, as ever, you can go on to the website, workwithfo.ie forward slash podcast and uh, have a look at all the ads there or any of the previous episodes that we have uh, we've pushed out. And if there's an ad uh, or thoughts you had on, on what we, we went through there, please give us a shout and uh, we'll happily, happily have a look and, and give you a shout out in the weeks to come. So from us, thank you and goodbye. Thanks so much, everyone. Thank you.